Chase, video games, a passion, a big thing that we do here. Bowling, however, Mm -hmm. a pastime for the casual hour, it would seem. The great American pastime. Bowling. Yeah. You and I bowled tonight. We did, yeah. You uh, you were nice enough to to be a sub for my my bowling team. Um, I don't think anybody really played well. We got we got crushed, but uh, but we had fun, you know. Listen, we're professionals, professional gamers, professional bowlers, professional friends. That is the casual hour guarantee. That's, that's our promise. Yeah, you got and it. you found us. Uh, we are we are down one, Johnny is on an assignment and that assignment is being sick. Uh, so we wish him a speedy recovery and chase and I are going to have a field day as we dance on his ashes tonight. This is episode 294 of the casual hour. We're a podcast ostensibly about video games, mostly about Johnny being sick. I'm the host Bobby Pease joining me tonight, chase Kenneke, the game on the go. And we are thrilled to be here. Chase. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, got some got some food in me. Got some some unsweetened tea here, and uh, it's the know, best type of tea. We are going to have a what you've been playing episode. So for those of you who are uninitiated, that means we are going to tell you about the games that we've been playing, and then we're going to cover some of the news stories around video games that we find interesting. Uh, Chase will go over the games that he's been playing. Buckle up because we've got some updates tonight on Live Alive. Super Robot Wars. I'm going to talk about Cyberpunk, The Finals, Medieval Dynasty, and PGA 2K23. And then we'll talk a little bit about that new Logitech Cloud handheld, maybe some E3 news, some CD Projekt Red stuff. So that'll be in the back half of the episode. You know what's coming. We want you here for it. Get cozy because we're going to tell you about what Chase has been playing. Chase, what have you been playing? I mean, I've still been playing a lot of Easy Come Easy Golf. That's that's a, a just a nice thing to to jump into every once in sure. a while. Um, I hit credits on that, which isn't really the end of the game. It's just when you hit level twelve, they're like, hey, I don't know, here's some credits for you. Um, so that that was cool, but there's still plenty more to play, and that's still just a nice thing to play on my breaks. Um, Hell of a game. Though, yeah, oh, absolutely, fantastic game. Uh, more substantially, though, I have been playing some more Live Alive. I would like to finish that game relatively soon, so then I can. How close do you think you are? I have one or one and a half more uh, stories to complete. I've got the near future story is the one that I'm in currently, and then I still have the uh, the Twilight of Edo Japan, which I'm looking forward to. What's been your favorite so far? Um, I think they, I think there's, there's a lot of good qualities about a lot of them. I think the, the fighting game one, the one that's set in the present day is still my favorite. We showed that off in, or showed off some of that in the quick look that we're, that we're did, um, that should be up tomorrow. If you're watching live yesterday, if you're watching the archive, yeah. um, and I, I just think that one's really cool because it's, it's an RPG, I, it, it's kind of not an RPG because it is it is such a truncated thing. There's no traveling to towns or anything. It's just this series of fights, um, and it's presented very much like a Street Fighter. I think it's just really cool. Neat. Um, 
the the one I'm currently in though is is honestly really awesome as well. That's the the near future one. I didn't expect that I was gonna really like this one, and then I found out it's maybe the most anime of is all. That the of little them. robot one, where you're a robot. No, that's the distant future. Uh, I've yeah. done that one. That one's also really cool because that's there's there's no battles until the very end of that one. It's a lot of walking around and talking to people. That one's pretty neat. But this one, the near future, you've got kind of an anime, you know, spiky-haired protagonist. You walk around an overworld. Uh, it's it's a city area. It feels a little bit Dragon Ball-y in that way. It's also got a little bit of Earthbound in there because there's these uh, weird... There's this weird gang that all have skull helmets on. Nice. And they're just kind of terrorizing the town as you walk around. Um, you, Your little sister... Uh, has a turtle, a pet turtle that's dying, and there's a kind of mad scientist guy who uses liquefaction to. Uh, What's that? Yeah, uh, he, he turns the turtle into into liquid Yeesh. turtle turtle soup, uh, but then he pours that that liquid soupy mixture into a little mechanical robot turtle and not, not a little mechanic, a big mechanical robot turtle. Whoa. Uh, now so he's a, is that a mech turtle because there's technically a turtle yeah. in it? Yes. Yeah. I would, I would call it a mech. Uh, so now you have this mech turtle with bowling ball hands as one of your party members. And that's kind of cool. Uh, there's another guy who's got like this big crazy Mohawk hairdo and, uh, rides a bike and has big eighties sunglasses on. Hell yeah. And, party member uh it's and then there's a there's a giant robot under the town uh and it How seems big? like at some point uh real real big this is this is super robot big this is like a megazord big if you're a power Shit. um that that's just like hiding underneath the town and i've seen it and it looks really cool it actually is a is a cool throwback to the original mech anime. Oh, why am I not going to remember the name of the day? It's it's like a big blue robot. Uh, let me see. Oh, the name. Iron Giant. <laughs> um, original mech anime. I'm going to get it here real quick. Um, it is. Uh, oh fuck! Come on, Tetsujin Twenty Eight Go. That's right. Um, so it does. Uh, it, it's also sometimes called Gigantor. Uh, it the, the robot looks a lot like that, uh, with a little bit of Mazinger in it. It's just it's got some really cool old mecha aesthetics to it. Uh, I think it's really neat, and it seems like that's going to be something that I control at some point. Uh, also, your character has the power to read minds, so you kind of go around, you talk to people, but then you hit a different button and you hear what they're really thinking, uh, which is a, an interesting kind of mechanic. That, that's been introduced. It just huh. it requires it, it forces you to talk more and and uh, interact with with NPCs more, which I think is kind of cool. Uh, but it's just got a lot of cool stuff going for it, and it's one of the meteor uh, style of uh, of quests here of the seven that Live Alive gives you at the beginning of the game. Um, I, I'm having a good time with it, and uh, and then I've got the the Twilight of Edo Japan, which uh, which also should be good. I think that one's probably also more of a main chunk than than some of the other quicker ones that I've done before. So I'm wrapping up that. I'm still having a great time with that. It's it's one of the cooler games I've ever played. Um, and I'm trying not to just burst through it. 
but I also know that I want to get this done so I can then go and play games like Norco and Neon White and Tinykin, uh, things that I know that we want to potentially talk about for a Game of the Year episode. So, And that's crazy uh, to think because, like, we are – like, that shit's creeping on us. It is. We're, we're in mid-October, baby. We've got a month and a – well, we got we got, we got like a month and change. Uh, yeah. It's nuts to we, think about uh, game of the year relatively early in december early early mid-december so you're right it's coming it's coming quick and uh we've got some things that we all need to play um so when i'm not so you're you're, you're digging it though you're liking that game yeah oh yeah live live, live's fantastic Uh, i i'm not 100 percent sure how i'm going to classify that come game of the year time because while it is a brand new art style mechanically it's it's the same game it was on the super famicom although that game never came to the states so in on one hand that game's brand new to us over here if we're talking about u.s release dates for games um but at the same time that's also a game that came out a long time ago hey you want to hear something really cool what's that there's only eight episodes left before game of the year that's not cool that's anxiety inducing why would you say something like that to me well i know it now you do and now our guests do so we've got eight episodes left before we have to have game of the year deliberations uh neon neon white will go quick uh tiny ken you told me it's kind of just the same thing over and over again so if and I it's can a just... six hour game like you could honestly i i say this lovingly outside of seeing some cool word this world design you could play that demo and be like, I like this game. I can talk about this game. I'm informed because it doesn't really change much outside of that. But it is. It's well done. Like, I enjoyed my time with it. There's just not a whole lot of variety outside of the first one to two levels. And, and Norco is quick, too. So for, for my backlog of, like, the things I absolutely need to finish before game of the year, um, I, I feel pretty good that I can accomplish those things. Um, if I really wanted to throw a monkey wrench into things, I could say, oh, you guys are probably going to talk about Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Maybe I should try some of that. Uh, but there's absolutely not time for me to do that. And well, I know I know. starting this weekend, Johnny is, because he's going to be laid up for a bit, um, he said that he's going to really focus on his backlog this weekend. And he's cool. going to try to knock out a few games that have been talked about here, like Norco, you're talking a four to five hour commitment. That's a weekend game for sure. And I would yeah. advise at this point, like there's been enough time between your last time you played it to start it over. And, and if you can commit probably. a weekend, like that's probably the best way to do it. Um, Xenoblade, I dig. I think it's cool. The size of that game has intimidated me on sure. you need to play a lot of this. I would say you probably know what that game is. You know where you would fall with it. You might, I mean, shit, dude, like knowing you, you could end up falling for it and probably blowing past Johnny and I if you really true, truly went after it. But I could I could totally see that happening. But at the same time, I, I don't think I want or need that to happen uh, this year. Well, especially considering you're what, 10, 12 days away from getting to play through Persona 5 Royal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's going to happen. Um, but I, I know I'm going to have a PC here relatively soon. Yeah. And that's going to open up some possibilities. 
Um, I I could always go back to Temtem if I need to play some other stuff. I'm I'm not hurting for games to play. That's for damn sure. Um, and yet I still keep fucking with the old classics. It seems, and that transitions me to talking about Super Robot Wars 30, a game that I've talked about many times on this podcast, and um, honestly, probably still many more. That that game's just big. There's so much game. It's all, it's I'm, not big, but you also I mean it's big, but you also get peace and comfort from that. I do. I, I it's it's something that's nice to just load up and and play a little bit of. The problem is I'm in I'm in the section that is the worst part of all Super Robot Wars games to me, which is you've you've kind of unlocked almost all the characters. There might be like a couple of secret characters that you haven't gotten yet, but for the most part, you're not collecting a bunch of new faces anymore. Um, I have most of the upgrades. In fact, I have so many upgrade material things that I'm not even upgrading mechs anymore because it's kind of just busy work that I don't have to do. Um, there's there's just not a whole lot to shoot for other than finishing levels. And every level at this point, because I have so many mechs and because uh, they want to try to keep some semblance of difficulty in here, they're just throwing so many guys at you and every level feels like a fucking hour to an hour and a half slog um i mean you can you could go back and watch my my let's play of super robot wars x on my youtube channel jck plays the first handful of episodes sometimes i was doing two missions in a single episode of that because oh this thing took 15 20 minutes and i can just pile on a couple i've only got a few units to use um so yeah let's just kind of power through but when I'm getting to the to the midpoint uh, and on every episode is 45 minutes to an hour. And then the final episode, I think, took something like two and a half to three hours uh, just for playing through all the stuff, reading all the dialogue, going through cutscene kind of stuff. It just takes a long time. And and this is kind of the slog. I'm it's just it's really difficult to say i'm gonna sit down and i'm gonna play a lot of super robot wars 30 today i'm gonna get a bunch of stuff done because i'm gonna have to be there for a couple of hours and i'm really only gonna get one or two missions done and it's just chipping away and this game specifically with the the way it is branched out the paths way more than previous games yeah i previous games you just keep doing the next chapter that was the whole point of the thing uh but this one you always have a bunch of chapters open to you at any one time. And there's even places that you can just go in and grind. And I definitely don't want to do those. One, I have no need to grind. And two, that's just completely wasted time. Um, but I could, I could do that. I, and just daunting to, to jump back into that game and know, all right, here's another hour and a half of my life. That's going to be gone with very little. To show I want to call something out. Yeah. We've talked for years about and I and like I want to preface this with I think you've been hard on yourself over a few episodes and I don't mm-hmm. think you should be um we've talked at length about this self-imposed pressure to be on the cutting edge of games we talk about sure. the podcast curse and on one hand I thir- like I thoroughly enjoy game discovery and checking out new games it's the whole reason we do this on the other hand I oftentimes feel like it's not easy to settle into a game because I need to be playing new things, but yeah. you've been able to this year and you've given yourself some shit about it, but I don't think you should. You've been able to like, just 
lean into games that you really appreciate and that you enjoy. And you've played new things too, for sure. But, you know, like there was a game that you felt uh, obligated with the Digimon game. Like even though it wasn't exactly for you, you saw it through. Super Robot Wars. The- I didn't see it through. That game. I still have like half of that game left to play. Well, fair, but I mean, like, even with um, yeah. Easy Come Easy Golf, like I've yeah. I've I've busted your chops about like, oh yeah, we've heard about that. But at the same time, like that is absolutely a game that you can cut back and just enjoy. And really, what you're doing right now is highlighting why we play games and the enjoyment that they come. The pastime element. Not the sicko man mindset of podcasting new shit, which right. absolutely like I like it, but it's not exactly what we should be doing. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I mean, it is it is that dilemma we've talked about where you feel like you always need to bring something new to the table, because if I just talk about Super Bowl Wars 30 and Hold Down and Fire Emblem Heroes and Easy Come Easy Golf every week, which are basically the games that I play, um, that just gets boring. And And also we have. A game of the year, like you said, we have a game of the year show coming in eight episodes. Um, there's a lot of stuff I want to be able to talk about. I want to have knowledge about, and I want to make sure it gets a fair shake, which means I need to try those games. Um, I, I guess part of it is I'm a little uh, envious of you because one, you play you you're always bringing new stuff to the to every podcast, which is incredible and and great because it it probably gives us more content than we deserve. Um, But somehow you also finish a lot of games. Like you, I don't, I don't know what you're doing in your, I need to see, like, can you just live stream uh, 24 hours one day just so I can see how you spend the day? Cause I don't know where you're finding these hours. Maybe I'm just watching too much fucking anime. That's, Uh, that's it. Dude. Like I don't watch TV. Yeah. That's the truth. Like I watch stuff with Sarah. She goes to bed around 10. So I work anywhere from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Depending on the day from 7 until about 10 o'clock. Sarah and I hang out. We'll watch a few shows that we got our movie. We'll cook dinner together, have quality time. She goes to bed at 10. I then from 10 o'clock until about 12 or 1 a.m. will either edit video for the show, work on graphics. But more importantly, I play a lot of games in those windows in the evening. I use all my free time and I'm saying that in a way of like I'm if I have time for me where I'm not sharing it with my my wife or my family or my friends I'm putting it into the show and the games and that's what I do like you watch a lot of sports you love anime you follow a lot of those things Johnny has a full-blown fucking 10 year old almost at this point him and his wife do the same thing I don't have any kids my wife is 100% supportive of this show she knows that this is how I recenter and escape life and do things and, and, and live and have a wonderful time. I, I used to do this with music. I would, I'd fall in love with albums, but then I was always scouring for new music. I've even shared some stuff with you there, but mm-hmm. ultimately I, I have a few websites I go to. I, I look for reviews and I'm just kind of looking for, I've gotten my genres and your genres more importantly down to where I know like, Hey, I should be looking for, for things that we can stream or hang out. And we talked about this tonight uh, when we were bowling this show, which we don't average a ton of viewers live. We don't have a ton of listeners, which is a okay because this Mm -hmm. show is a tool for adult friendships 
And we talk about that a lot. Totally. It's an excuse. Like it is, if we didn't have this, especially when it comes to uh, COVID times or post COVID times or whatever the fuck we're in right now, um, it, it makes it very difficult for us to find time to go see each other in the real living world, even though uh, my new house is very much closer to your house than it was before. uh, We have the ability to do that. And, you know, we saw each other tonight in person. So that's, you know, we're making progress. Um, But this show to have an excuse to talk to two of my very good friends, maybe even Mm -hmm. best friends. We'll see. Eh, I mean, Johnny, but (laughs) uh, having that excuse to see you once every seven days, plus Mondays, uh, sometimes casual Fridays, and then we also are recording our quick looks. It's it's a good reason to always be chatting with you and to have something to drive the those conversations instead of just hey, great weather this week. Like yeah, fuck that. We don't need to talk. We have something to discuss, and I think that's a a very valuable thing for that. And that's why I really like podcasting in general. It gives that opportunity. I, I think you're kind of hitting on the head too. Like I, I do bring a lot of new stuff to the show because I'm trying to keep fuel here for us to have reasons to keep doing it, you know? And if we had to like really analyze it, like it really just comes down to, I'm kind of taking like this hibernation approach of like, I want to have enough fat to get through the winter when it comes to stuff. <laughs> and I want to make sure that we've got things that we can get right. excited about and uh, do so. I don't want you to beat yourself up over it. Like, I love that you're playing things you like because. And I, and I, I, I you saying that and I probably am a little hard on myself, but uh, I, I do know that I would like to play some other games as well. And to have that more, I, I, I kind of pride myself on this balanced knowledge of sure. of games and mechanics and things. And, and I like to, to pull from that as we talk. That's that's one of the reasons that, you know, somebody like Jeff Gersman is somebody I really look up to. Dude just has a vault of knowledge and is it's yeah. on hand at any one time when he needs to talk about a game. He can make allusions to other things. He can make nice comparisons. Um, he can talk about things in a really intelligent way because he has that that uh, that depth of knowledge. And that's something I would like to have to be able to speak intelligently as, as we do. And hopefully I generally have that. 100%. Uh, I mean, yeah. you like you like Jeff for those reasons. One of the things that like I love that X Giant Bomb Next Lander guys do is they'll talk about the same game for weeks, and they'll give these running updates like, "Hey, we're all playing." Like they're talking about Grounded right now, mm-hmm. and there's not this pressure that they have of like always talking about new things, but they're giving weekly updates on what they're enjoying or what they're not. After, hey, I put 15 hours in, I'm kind of hitting a wall, or hey i put 15 hours and it finally clicks like it's cool to hear the longevity of games and i really appreciate you bringing that because yeah things are new it's hard to keep up with but there's things that like we don't talk in depth until game of the year about shit and there's probably people who listen to us that are playing some of these games that are like fuck we just that spoiler just happened and that was awesome i want to know what these guys think about that because they talked about enjoying the game but they don't really get the minutia and the ins and outs until we spoil the shit out of it on either a deep dive or game of the year so i appreciate themselves better to that than others like i I don't think super wars 30 is a very good game to talk about every week because it's it's kind of just a lot of the same thing live alive i think is a great game to talk about different weeks. it's so different kind of seven different games in one as you play anthology right like almost like an anthology 
there there's always kind of something new to talk about even even something like xenoblade chronicles 3 i imagine you're going to new places you're yeah. unlocking new abilities and new characters and and that is probably uh something that you could talk about for a number of weeks and still have uh, uh have a lot of new and interesting things to say that that's all to say you know i i think the thing the other thing is that i look at my list i, I keep a list of all the games that i've played for uh in a given year just as yeah, uh, organization for game of the year um as a way to look back and see the games that i've played and looking back at the games that I played in 2021 versus the number of games I played in 2022, I feel like there's a lot less in in the 2022 bucket and certainly a lot less of the games that came out this year and weren't just games I, I tried that were from previous years. So it, it's something I want to continue to work on, but I, I appreciate what you said and I will try not to beat myself up. In fact, next year I've got some plans that might cool. potentially help with this. We'll see. We'll see. The, the other but, thing uh, too, I mean, like you're going to have a PC and that opens up a lot I'm of possibilities. Then you're fucked because then you're only yeah. going to be playing ROM hacks. So then, you know, well, I'm already only playing ROM hacks, but Fair. now I can play weird other extra PC stuff. Like there's okay. So you know how much I like Pokemon ROM hacks and I have a great time. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a whole other genre of Pokemon fan games which are different than rom hacks because they're completely ground Naturally. up games that are made um but they feel like rom hacks in that they are you know hey we're taking kind of that top down you know fire red pokemon style but we built this ourselves and we can put on different mechanics and do some different things with that some of those games sound fucking wild and i've downloaded a bunch of them i just can't play them because they're exe files and i'm on a macbook pro so once Same. uh once i have something that can play these things uh yeah you're right it's probably just over for me <laughs> well the other cool thing there is is I, i've been doing this a little bit with this big honking thing um Sure. This has on a same network in your house. You can just remote play. So then you've got that whole piece of it. Um, we should have a category for game of the year this year. That is most out Nintendo Nintendo, where it could be somebody who made a better Pokemon. It could be a better GoldenEye. It could be uh, a better Star Fox. And we talk a little bit about the games that we've enjoyed and, Throw a little salt in the wound. But all that to be said, video games continue to be good. And if you are listening to our show and you're like, these guys just talk about a bunch of new shit. I don't know how they do it, how they afford it, whatever it may be. Game Pass has helped out a lot there. I'll call that out. But the other piece of it is you should play what you dig. And it's okay to be a one game, two game, 20 game person a year. You should just play video games. I like the, the idea that somebody can say, "Oh, I'm just picking up." Yeah, you know, it's not it's not the Madden and Call of Duty player that I'm really talking about. I'm talking about like the guy who's, I guess, like a Grand Theft Auto Five, but like somebody who goes and like I play this series. Yeah, this even play. the Elder Scrolls, which I don't like those games, but I still am jealous of the people who are like, "This is my game. I'm going to play this for." 500 600 yep. 800 hours and i'm gonna do a bunch of mod stuff and i'm just gonna get really into this scene yep. and i'm just not that guy i like to dabble i like to yep, jump around sure. and do a lot of things but i also want to have depth to that same breadth 
which means uh, it, it's just it's just so much. It's so much stuff at some point. Anyway, that's a that's a long way of saying I only played two games uh, <laughs> this week. That's cool though. Neither of them are really uh, that much to say since I've already talked about them before. Bobby, you have a handful of games here that are uh, either brand new or haven't been talked about on the podcast before or not for a while. Uh, So I'd really like to hear what you've been playing this last week. I went back to Cyberpunk 2077. A lot of people. What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, Johnny and Jason, um, they uh, Jason watched all the anime, loved it, and he's been playing a shit ton of this because of that. Johnny and I had this morbid curiosity because I never finished the story. I want to call that out. I never finished Cyberpunk. I got basically till the end, but I just got fed up. I was caught up in the zeitgeist of like shitting on the game because it was pretty busted when it came out. At the time, I had what I consider to be a PC capable of running that game. It didn't really perform to my liking. They've put a lot of work into the game, and I, I'm I'm happy to report that I started a brand new playthrough, and it's been, for the most part, outside of like maybe one small hiccup, very bug free. It runs great. The game feels like it should have came out now versus two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, my my problems still persist. I think this the story is pretty sloppy. I I have hesitation with ultimately. They give you this skill tree that you can unlock Netrunner abilities. You can do some really cool builds in that sense, but it all really comes down to just having a good equipped gun is the best thing you can do in the gun in the game. And yeah. that's a bummer. But all that to be said, this is just a very quick way of saying if you've never played Cyberpunk, this is probably the time to go and check it out. Watch that anime, like even as somebody who's not thoroughly an anime. It looks cool. It's gotten a lot of people playing. I mean, like this game has done gangbusters on Steam for weeks now since that anime came out. And I think that they've got the next gen version. So if you have a PlayStation and Xbox, you can play a higher frame rate, better graphics. It's been a cool game to just walk around in that world. I, I feel it's pretty shallow overall but mechanically it's not the best shooter i've played it's competent it it honestly feels like a bethesda game and and i mean that in the nicest way possible it feels very much like it's framed up like a fallout the way that you interact with people the way that you build your character out it just feels like one of those games so cyberpunk 2077 uh i've played a little bit on the steam deck i mostly played on my computer It, it looks great the the direct x ray tracing stuff is good all that to be said um i am happy because game development's hard that they were committed to making this thing right and people are finding ways to enjoy it. i think that's cool um and we'll talk more about cd right. project red right um i can vouch for the anime i i watched it all in one night uh it's, it's good it's right real- it's like 10 maybe 11 episodes uh, i had a really good time with it yeah uh, i mean i i've enjoyed studio triggers work in the past um, and, and I think this was, uh, one of their, I don't want to say mature. It's still very, it still can be very immature trigger sometimes, but, um, certainly more grown up than some of their previous efforts. Um, but the, the quality of animation is still top notch. In fact, it's, it's the best it's ever been. And it is exciting. And it does, it did give me that, that feeling Maybe I should check back in on Night City. Uh, yeah. You know, I when I played it, it was on the PS4. 
Um, and that was maybe the worst way to play it at the Ooh, time. It was rough. And, and so I did not have a very good time playing that game. I also just was not a fan of the mechanics and the way to build the character. I didn't find guns that I thought felt good. Um, I wasn't really getting the Netrunner stuff to, to right. work the way I wanted to. And I just ended up having a, a pretty poor time with that game all around. Um, but it is something that I still think about a lot. Yeah. And uh, it's it's something I wouldn't mind going back to. Um, it's it's just hard to justify that time, uh, even if it's still on my mind. So that, I did that kind of a low priority thing for maybe way down the line. But it is something that I'm continuing to think about. I um I did find online. So they did add in like items from the anime, not necessarily characters, but there's like their bikes, jackets, weapons. Sure. Um, people though, because the internet's amazing, have made builds that are supposed to be oh. like, hey, this is this character from sure. the if you if you want more of like this brawler, I guess it's like kind of a bigger guy in the anime. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want that kind of street brawler build, whatever his name was, like here's his build. Here's how you can get some of those skills and attributes. Which I mean, that's fun. Like that's all headcanon shit. So all that's a very long winded way of saying. It's maybe safe to go back to the game. If you've played it before, the game is still that game, but it runs a lot better. I still uh, wanted to find the gun that either shoots people in the head or shoots people in the nuts, and you can choose... Skippy? And you, Yeah, I, I've, I still want to find Skippy at some Skippy's, point. Skippy's pretty good. I bet so. Uh, Chase, I got to check out... Um, there's a game that I saw being hyped up on TikTok. Didn't know a lot about it. I'm like, that looks slick. Went and found out that they were taking signups on Steam for a playtest. I got picked to do it on the weekend. I played a few rounds of the finals alpha preview. This is a game coming out from Embark Studios. You maybe have heard about them. They've got um, a game called Arc Raiders that was teased at one of the game shows. Looked really slick. This kind of came out of nowhere. Same studio. This is um, a competitive shooter that is first person. I think it's teams of three or four but it's based off of a game show. And when I say game show, um, the whole thing is more about money heist and you're stealing money from teams and it's more extraction based as you kill people. They burst into coins just like in Scott Pilgrim, which is really fucking cool. Um, There are predetermined characters in this that range from like heavy, medium to light. They all have unique abilities. The one thing I will call out for this game is that it is crazy just absolutely crazy the physics on what you can do in environments on destroying them and so you might come into a wall and on the other side is this like atm that people are doing kind of a timed extraction from you mm-hmm. can blow the fucking wall up the heavy one of his abilities is is that if you're on the roof of a building he will like jump in the air and ground pound through the floors to the bottom <laughs> level and you're like guarding something and all of a sudden the wall just explodes and people are stealing this from you. I, I, I'm not super competitive. This game has a ton of style. It looks gorgeous. And I like the mechanics a whole lot in it. I think our creators will probably end up being more my tempo, but this is really cool. I don't know when it's coming out. This they, They're doing pre-alpha footage on Steam, but they have an alpha preview that you can play. I, it's over right now. The window's closed on it, but it's called the finals. 
it looks cool. I'm curious to see where it goes. Yeah, the uh, I know the other game, the the Ark Raiders. That one, you know, it's that's kind of like a free to play monster hunter, except the monsters are you know big alien robots. Uh, I, I really like a lot of the design stuff I've seen in there, especially in like the the UI and art direction stuff. Yep. Um, I we haven't heard a lot about that game. Recently. It was supposed to come out this year. I know, and that's why I'm so so surprised by the finals because Embark. I know it's a studio made up of a lot of like prior devs. I don't think it's very big. Arc Raiders has been kind of radio silence, and now all of a sudden they've got this buzz coming from the finals, which. It would probably be slotted into like an Apex, Fortnite, that type of like crowd will be checking this out. It, it's different enough, but I don't know what's going on with Arc Raiders. That's the game that I'm more excited for. I just haven't heard anything. Sure. Um, so that's the finals. Pretty cool. Definitely worth checking out. Um, the other game I've been playing just hit Game Pass. I was a dummy. I thought this came out this year. It actually came out September 2021. It's called Medieval Dynasty. Uh, this game is... Um, made by render cube i don't know a lot about what they've done uh i'll come out and say it i dig a lot of what this game's doing this is a survival crafting game which you know i'm gonna love set in a medieval dynasty um it's what's cool about this though is you um your your family's pretty much passed away you come into a town with somebody that knew either your dad or your uncle and they're like hey the way that we see it your family you can have the plot of land that was owned by your family. You can build a farm. You can do whatever you want. Go and do it. So you go and you start to punch trees, break trees, get stones, and you build a house. From there, you start to unlock skills and abilities from cooking to crafting. And the whole concept of this game is that you essentially will be able to recruit NPCs to come back into your community and build a full functioning town. That's really cool in one of these games. And so, like, you can bring people back into the area. You can start to establish, I need a blacksmith. I need more of a farmer. Um, So when you say full functioning, do you mean, like, automation? Is this, hey, you're getting people to to do stuff in the town? or I think that's the case. I haven't gotten too deep into that yet. But from what I can tell, that's kind of the ultimate thing that you're getting towards. It's just, like, this is a society that functions and does its thing. Um, There is some light combat. Uh, I got killed by a bull, which wasn't great, but you can craft spears that you can throw and hunt with. Um, It's got a pretty robust like radial menu that it uses for different things from crafting to your inventory. It looks really good. You can play in first person or third person. Um, There's no voice dialogue with it, so it's all written, but this is hit game pass for cloud PC and console. Uh, it's at a very positive rating on Steam with over um, almost 23,000 reviews. Like people are really into it. It's a good one of these games. I would probably play more of this if it was this year and I'd probably spend a lot more time with it. Um, but it's just one of those things where right now I've got a bunch of stuff I'm still polishing up from September into October and then November hits hard. So as much as I like it, um, I probably won't spend as much time with it right now, but I think it's really well done. Um, I've enjoyed everything that's been talking about. Really cool thing there. And the last game. Uh, so at the time of this, let's see, today's the 12th, Thursday, the 13th. If you're listening to this show, you can play this game. If you're watching this, PGA 2K23 is coming out on October 14th. If you purchase the deluxe 
or ultimate version of the game. So there's like a the game's 60 bucks. They've got a $99 version that comes with a bunch of pre-order bonuses and game currency, but also an early unlock where you can play it uh, as October 11th. Um, but if you don't want to buy that and this is standard, you can play it on Friday the 14th. PGA 2K23 is out. This is the new heavy golf sim. Uh, this is the, the, the continuation from HB Studios. They've been doing several years now of the 2K series golf games. They recently, I think it was 2021, if I'm not mistaken, maybe 2020. Uh, 2021 probably though, they got access to the PGA license where before that, they built a solid ass golf game with just they built their own golf courses but now you can play like tpc sawgrass you can play a lot of those things that you would if you played any of the tiger woods games in the past will feel familiar maybe because tiger woods is on the cover of this game which is wild to see um tiger woods playable michael jordan pre-order bonus you can play golf as michael jordan which is really dumb and silly i mean i know he's golf but he's not a he's not a golfer no he also wasn't a baseball player but he he played some baseball. I am here to tell you that I think this is one of the best modern golf games I've played. And it has... I mean, it, there aren't many bad golf games, especially no. these. Uh, no. I know we had our issues with the story mode of Mario Kart uh, Super Rush, or Mario Golf Super Rush. Yeah. Um, but the mechanics of just playing golf, I think we're top notch in that game e- easy come easy golf or clap hands golf whatever you wanted to call it fantastic mechanics yeah um you know golf story we've talked about them in the past just even smaller stuff like that but um but even on the other end and and i don't know i know a bunch of licenses have changed hands at these points uh but so ea had a golf game that was tiger woods and then that went to dip, that did some different things uh yeah. A1 now is now this one that it has taken kind of the PGA license. And then uh, who made the golf club? Didn't they get bought by somebody and they're like, that's now a, a more official thing as well? I might be wrong here. I think that's with HB Studios. I think that's what these guys are. Yeah, I, I think that they were the golf club and then they became the 2K series. OK, I'm going to I'm going to look that up real quick. Well, what, what, yeah. But yeah, tell me more about 2K23. So they've introduced a few things here that I think really work really well. One, you can create your own golfer, which is a lot of fun, and you can start a career mode. Um, you start through various tournaments. This has PvP, has also uh, co-op. You can do some really cool character progression. They've got a full-blown skill tree, and the way that they do it, I think this is really fucking neat. So you can start to dump points into your different clubs. And so let's say that you got a skill point after you leveled up your character, you can then go and put that into your driver and they might have uh, an activation bonus. So like, okay, you're going to get more loft time or more air control on the ball. When you hit it, the way that you activate it, you have to miss your fairway from teen off two times in a row. And if you do that, you activate this bonus, but as soon as you get back on target, you lose that bonus. So it's a really cool triggering, but also turning off. That's a new thing that they've done, which I think is, is great. Um, you're, they've also got these, so they got a full pro shop where you can buy and upgrade your clubs, but they've got these fittings that you can get. And I unlocked one when I leveled up for putting. And it was cool because you pay like 
90 bucks in game currency and you can then add this attachment to your your putters that will add a little bit of weight to your putter so it might affect your swing but the path that you get that your ball travels on it increases that attribute by like six or seven points and so you unlock these attachments so think of it like if you had a gun and a shooter it could be a scope a muzzle it could be a stock but you're un- you're you're unlocking these attachments, which is crazy. A red dot sight on your. Fire. I have a I have a red dot sight pitching wedge. Um, <laughs> that shit's really cool. And the other thing that they've added into this is they have a partnership with Top Golf. So they have a, they have a whole mode. So think of like a home run derby and you know a baseball game. You've got a Top Golf competitive way to play this. Doesn't that seem a little silly in in that like Top Golf was kind of like a more video gamey way of playing golf in real life? Yeah. And now, what if we turned that into the video game <laughs> of real golf? What are we it's, doing? It's silly. Um, what I will say is is they've also introduced a new mechanic. So for several years now, golfing simulators have made you do a swing stick mechanic. So that means that the timing of going backwards, the timing of going forwards on your your joystick. The also, dark age is what you're saying. Yeah, they also will penalize you if you, you slice it up left or right. So you have to be pretty accurate with it. Um, you can calibrate that, but they added in the three-click system, the traditional old school yeah. method, which I know you're a fan of and a lot of people are. It's just it's the right way. It's it's the right way to do things. EA, you know, I I'm sorry. I I don't want to go off too much of a tangent, but the 360 era, I think EA really fucked us all up with the idea of the hit stick and then the, you know, in Fight Night round 3, the the way that you throw your punches with that um and just every single fucking sports oh, yeah. game have had to have the right stick movement and like, Oh, it's analog. Doesn't it feel just like doing the thing? And I like, no, I want the abstraction where I can get more precision on what I'm doing, especially when it comes to uh, something like golf. It, it kind of worked in fight night, yeah. but, and, and, and I guess it works in something like um, something like Madden with, with like a hit stick. Uh, but when you start fucking around with NBA street and turn your your button combo moves into into right stick movement bullshit. Man, it really it really fucked us up for for a while now. So I'm glad we're kind of moving back. The pendulum is kind of moving back to hey, you you have the option to use buttons if you like the buttons. Yeah. So for those of I you who are buttons though bobby who are un- if you're uninitiated the three click system is usually in a uh, horizontal bar where <clears throat> excuse me it'll let you press it once it starts to fill up a power gauge you click it to set your power and then you bring it back to basically initiate your swing precision that's kind of how this works mm-hmm. this one is a circle Start, power accuracy yep this whole also the swing stick again timing accuracy and power are there with like you can do a half swing all that fun stuff right this is a circle that you don't tap the first initial start you're holding and as you're holding it a red circle or a little a different color circle is growing outwards 
of the circle and mm -hmm. the outer because this also has the um here's 100 percent. but if you swing into the red you can overpower your swing it has the same thing the outer ring of the circle is red you are holding that to charge up your swing you release it to set your power and then immediately uh, at the top of your circle in the bottom there are two bright green wedges and you have two sticks that one starts to go like a clock and you need to hit that right away to be in that green wedge that's going to be the backswing accuracy and then the other as soon as you set it the other stick starts to go and then you just set it at the bottom and when you do that you get your power your accuracy and you swing it is the most sim version of a three click system i've seen mm -hmm. i don't i don't think people who are expecting a three click system will be like that's my shit but i think people if they leaned into it would be like okay conceptually it's the same it's cool it's yeah, here it's something you can get used to it it's still digital in that it is buttons instead of trying to use analog sticks i'm really interested to see it in in motion um yeah. And, and I know that we're going to do a quick look of that, and then we're probably also going to stream that um, at least once at some point. So I look forward to uh, to seeing that uh, live. Yeah, so I'm, I'm thrilled. This is going to be kind of my, what you've been using Easy Come Easy Golf for. It's just a fun thing to do in between the waves. It's a very relaxing thing. But PGA 2K23. And if uh, I if run out of of uh easy come easy golf then you know i'll be probably looking for another golf game so i could i could totally see myself picking this up um i've never played a sim golf game before it's it's always been mario or golf story or you know now the clap hands kind of stuff hot shots everybody's golf that kind of stuff but um if it's if it's not too simmy i i mean mario golf especially this last entry was was too much in the other direction there's too much bullshit on the courses golf story i had that issue with too you you eventually got to courses where you know everything's got fucking moles on it or something and it felt like oh i've it's it's a mini game more than it is golf right but i also don't think i'm looking for full sim uh i i don't want to be thinking about the the grain of the grass as, yeah as it's like, not anything more it's, it's really not more than like what mario is there um we're, we're gonna I mean, we're gonna quit it's the topographical map then that's what i'm all for i i want to see i want to see those dots move on the squares so i know what the what the the steepness of the of the drops are in the in the gradient of the, of the for crap. sure we're gonna we're gonna check it out on Friday night, and then we're gonna quick look at this weekend. We'll probably post that in a few weeks. But uh, if you want to see more of this, and you're listening to this on Friday the 14th, come back to our our Twitch channel, Twitch.tv/CasualHour. Um, Chase, with Johnny being out, would you be up for taking us through these news stories? Sure, I can rip through these relatively quickly. I imagine. Um, first, we gotta pour pour one out. Um, there's still there's still too much tea for me to actually pour this out, but. Um, so long to our dear departed brother, the Stadia. Man. Uh, yeah, you guys have probably seen this. It was announced uh, at least a week ago, maybe a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, Google is uh, is shutting Stadia down. They're going to refund all Stadia purchases, which seems kind of wild to me. Hardware, software, DLC, any of that stuff. 
Um, they they say that a bunch uh, that most, if not all, of the members of the Stadia team will be working in some other capacity at Google. They're going to try to find other departments for them to go into. Um, but it's uh, yeah, I mean it's it's going to stay live until January eighteenth of twenty twenty three. So relatively soon, this thing's going to be all shut down. I think. Uh, Maybe the maybe the three DS eShop stays a uh, stays stays alive longer than than Stadia does. Um, it's you know I'm I'm of a couple minds of this. On, on one hand, I very much feel some vindication. I think when we first talked about Stadia, I was the one who was the stick in the mud going. Google shuts down all of their shit um, if it's not immediately successful, and I still have some hangups about cloud gaming. And wonder what happens when, you know, these things shut down and people are hung out to dry. At the very least, like we said, Google is not completely hanging you out to dry. They are going to give some refunds for these things. Um, But on the other hand, I think it's I think it's kind of disappointing. This is, by all accounts, pretty solid technology. It works. Yep. Um, it, It worked really pretty well. And uh, I think it's more on Google for not marketing this correctly, not finding the right audience, not continuing to invest in the games. Um, There were were very few times in the grand scheme of things where we did our monthly previews where we mentioned games on Stadia. It was like maybe once a month. Uh, And that's not to say we covered every single thing that was coming to to, uh, Stadia. But Stadia support was not like the support you'd see on an Xbox or a PlayStation, and certainly not the PC. Yeah. And and I think that just set it up for failure in a way that is disappointing. I don't think it had to go down like that. And uh, my hope is that Google will, and I, I'm sure this is the case, that Google will continue to shop around this technology to other people, whether this is something that you know gets attached to Game Pass at some point, Right. Uh, whether whether they can license it out to Sony in some way, I know Sony had you know Gaikai at one point. Um, so there there are places that that kind of work with some of this stuff. Like maybe that PlayStation Now service could could be enhanced by what Stadia brings. Maybe Nintendo can find a, a, a totally. source, or or maybe somebody that we haven't even thought of. Maybe uh, you know Nvidia with like the their Shield stuff and. I'm sure there's lots of things that you can do with this technology, um, and it's great that it works. But man, here's what it comes down to for me: <laughs> they were charging a premium to yeah. get into the ecosystem, and then they were basically saying you need to buy the games too. I don't think they were in a position to do this, but you all know I like Game Pass. I'm not trying to be biased here, but you pay you are it's like what what you're what you're alluding to you're fucking google you've got more money than god well, yeah you you can afford to sell these systems at a loss you can afford to make a subscription service that is just really cheap like game pass and give people a a, a really they shouldn't great have to buy the game after buying into the service they, it should have been amazon had that figured out microsoft has it figured out i really believe that that was the thing for somebody like if i was going to use this wait hang on i gotta buy this game and it's tied to google that Mm -hmm. means that i can't play this with my friends 
But if they were to say like, hey, pay us 10 bucks a month, drop off when you want to, your saves will be in our cloud. You can plug this into YouTube, all that shit's there. But instead they said, pay us this much and then pay $50, $60 per game to play it on this thing that you don't get to do unless there's like, which I think crossplay on Stadia was fucked up, but you don't get to play it. And now the other thing that's happening is you've got people who are like, hey, hang on a second. I've got thousands of hours tied into Red Dead Redemption. I've got thousands of hours tied into Assassin's Creed. Ubisoft, they're basically saying, hey, we're just going to like come over here for a second. Forget Stadia. You had our games. You bought them on Stadia. We're just going to give you a PC copy. Your saves, we got them in our cloud. You're good to go. If you ever have a means to play it, you've got to copy this game on Ubisoft. They're trying. I think the biggest bummer here is when when Google kind of half attempted to make this a thing, they bought some studios, they got some good talent in there, and now that talent is uh, not exactly scattered to the wind because it sounds like Google's going to try try to find some other stuff. But like those people are here to make games, to make game right. hardware. And now Google's saying, well, you know, that didn't really work. We're going to shut it down. We'll find some other places in other departments. Can you imagine? Uh, wasn't Jade Raymond part of part of Stadia at some point? Um, yeah. Like, what a bummer it is for a person who's made games her whole life to now be working, I don't know, like some part of search for Google or whatever. Um, that Like, that's not... Like, that, that person wants to make some fucking games. Right. And just Google doesn't have a games division anymore to do that with. So your your choices are keep keep a job at Google or go out and try to find another thing. And, and I think that's that's the biggest bummer to me is the the waste of time for these developers who who, uh, you know, if if Stadia wasn't around or uh, Google had really just completely half assed everything and didn't didn't buy these developers what could they have been making instead of wasting their time at google for a service that's just going to shut down now uh, so i that, think that, i i have to think these people are going to bounce back in a big way like not with google but i think that they will absolutely and and like like you said there are other services uh i don't want to say amazon is some something that we should put on a pedestal but uh that luna stuff does seem like it's doing I mean, certainly better than than Stadia, but it seems like it has some some more of a um, like more of a driving force behind it than Stadia did. Stadia just felt rudderless for for like as soon as it came out, launched way before it should have, didn't didn't have everything figured out when it did come out, and then just kind of just wet fish. <laughs> like yeah, it was dude. just. It just flopped around until they finally said, okay, I guess we'll put a bullet in this thing. Really, really sad. Yeah, it's 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 a bummer. But nobody's really surprised. Um, no. And Chase, I think this next story reiter- reiterates cloud gaming is not going away, even without Stadia. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Logitech has announced a new handheld console that is focused solely on cloud gaming. It is called the Logitech G Cloud it's a handheld uh, service that focuses on or it's a handheld that focuses primarily on cloud gaming services like Xbox Cloud Gaming and Nvidia GeForce Now. Um, I mean, it's it, the thing looks very similar to a Nintendo Switch or, or a Steam Deck, kind of somewhere in the, the middle of that. 
Um, the the promotional image they have has Death Loop on the uh, on the uh, on the screen. So we'll we'll see. But it's got uh, this this article here from TechCrunch says, but the device philosophy differs drastically from other handheld consoles. The Logitech G Cloud runs on Android and features deep integrations with Xbox Cloud Gaming and NVIDIA GeForce Now. Uh, and Logitech has worked with Tencent to co-develop the launcher, run usability tests, and optimize how you can pause games and move them to the background. But it remains a true Android device with Google Play. So it it can do all of these cloud things. It also, you know, it's also it's also an Android device. So you're going to be able to hack it however you want to write stuff in those kinds of uh, Android devices. Um, what do you think about this, Bobby? What's you, you have a switch, you have a steam deck, you have, um, you have an Android device that is capable of playing some, some ROMs. Um, is this something that appeals to you in any way? Where do you, where do you think this would fit into your handheld lifestyle? It just doesn't anymore. Um, there are a few things to call out here. So the cost Introductory price two ninety nine going to go up to three forty nine. You're now at the cost of a switch. You're fifty dollars shy of a Steam Deck. Yeah. Um, I like the Nvidia service. I think Microsoft Cloud Gaming is some of the best. Android has a lot of flexibility to it. This device that does not have capabilities, it does not have a storefront, it doesn't have any of those things. That is based on you having an internet connection. That is good to have an experience here is a big price to ask knowing that i could either buy a switch and have the some of the best stuff nintendo's done in a long time with some very sound physical hardware that you can take with you but for 50 bucks more than that i can get a handheld pc that is only getting better with each update and the library expanding so i think it's a tough go because i also can do all that so like i would say in comparison to the switch my Steam Deck, I can make that thing whatever I want it to be, including a tool for all these streaming services. But then I can also take it on a plane and play games that are downloaded, which on a handheld, you you, you should not be tethered to Internet only, in my opinion. I, I don't I don't think this is. I, I think it does have some offline capabilities. But when you are pushing the cloud services I agree. I, I think that's a weird thing to push with a handheld. Um, that's not like, you're not always going to have access to your cloud services unless this thing has some kind of, uh, you know, uh, other network that it's that it's doing itself. Like it, it makes me think back to the, the Vita when the Vita first launched, there was a 3G option to to have uh have your fucking device have this this constant internet connection like a phone would um and they dropped it pretty soon after because nobody really wanted it or used it uh and i i feel a similar thing here i i if i want to play if i'm going to be tethered to using cloud gaming for the majority of this thing or or for the the main features of this thing that means i'm gonna have to be home right and if I'm home then I'm I'm probably just going to play my home consoles or a PC. Uh, you know, even even my Switch stays pretty much docked uh, yeah. when I'm home. the The nice part about the Switch is that I, if I am going somewhere, I can take it with me, um, and I could play it on the go. Uh, but it's more that it has that portability factor. When I do take it somewhere, I can plug it in. 
uh, or or play it in in bed in a hotel room and then plug it into to charge it at night. Like those are that's the nice part to me. And I don't see a device like this filling that same purpose. Right. And on a more personal note, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's OSs and other you know wrappers and things that you can put on uh, these devices that make them feel great. But my experience with Android based devices has been uh, not great. Uh, yeah. I find them to be really uh, archaic feeling and and just really unnecessary, unnecessarily complex. I don't I don't find it to be a fun, easy experience. And it, it pushes me to go to other devices uh, for that kind of stuff instead. Now, I will say Logitech, they they make hardware. They are a hardware a hardware maker who has done many things. I'm wearing them. Gaming headsets, yeah, they they do plenty of stuff. I'm sure the build quality of this thing is going to be good. Um, it's got Microsoft style buttons to it. Um, I, I'm sure they made this thing to play games well. I just don't I don't know if I'm the right target audience, and I honestly don't really understand the target audience for a device like this. So we're uh, if if the rumor. So there's a rumor. It's not going to be an HDMI stick, but more of like an Apple TV puck. Microsoft is making a device like um, the Google Chromecast, the Apple TV, that you plug into an HDMI port and power on your television or your monitor, and you've got an xCloud streaming device that you can pair a controller up to. I have moved from being a console gamer downstairs of my house in my family room to now being up here where I'm talking to you all live from with a great gaming setup. But if I would absolutely hook one of the, if they had like a 50 to hundred dollar box that I could just put behind my TV and be like, yeah, I can, I can chill on the couch and play grounded or whatever it is. You know, mm-hmm. I think that would be, I would probably be more into that because the other piece here is that they don't talk about docking, at least that I could see this device to where you could hook it up. Maybe there, maybe I'm missing it. Maybe that's there, but you could hook it up to your TV and stream stuff that way. So all that to be said, it's interesting to see all these things and what I will, what I will call out (laughs) as somebody who has no knowledge here. Sure, it seems like a bad time for Sony to double down on VR instead of bringing back the Vita, considering everybody's doing something that the Vita was really pioneering almost 10 years ago. I I had to recently, uh, I had a friend who was asking me about uh, things that could run ROMs. Uh, Yeah. And he was asking me specifically about my analog pocket. And so I was telling him a little bit about that. Uh, he was talking about a couple of these other Android-based devices, and I was talking to him about how my experience has been with those kind of devices. And I mentioned, because he really wanted to play PlayStation games, I was like, if you want to play PlayStation games, you might want to look into getting either a PSP, uh, which you can hack and it just plays. It has the emulators built into that. They they built the emulators into the fucking system so it can play the PlayStation games. It's a fucking PlayStation right. um, or a Vita, which is you know again functionally the same thing in that instance. Um, and also, you you wouldn't even have to hack it. You can just download those things. Um, and and so I actually had to take out my Vita because I wanted to just show him form factor stuff and and show him how things felt. Yeah. 
And as soon as I pulled out that video, I was like, God damn, this thing feels so fucking good. It's just one of the best looking, best feeling systems I've ever come across. And people are hungry, man. Like Backbone, who makes a fantastic... I was going to call that out. Like, if you have a phone, which I I would assume most of you listening to this show have a phone... You can buy a backbone controller for a hundred bucks and get a cloud streamer. There's a there's a PlayStation license one of those. People are hungry for PlayStation Remote Play. They're hungry for PS Now and all that shit being here. And it just seems like Sony is doubling down on VR, which I enjoy VR, but read the room, Sony. People are fucking hungry for handhelds. Yeah, it's a it's definitely it's it's a weird time. VR VR kind of feels like it came and went. And yep. you know it's still it's still kind of fighting around, but I just don't hear people talk about it and I feel like it's you just have this subset of rich sickos who are the ones who bought these things and now they're just evangelists and yep. it it hasn't the prices for these things haven't come down enough. The software for these things haven't been exciting enough to get anybody who's not already in that early adopter enthusiast set to to give it a shot. I've you know, I I went over to your place. I played VR that one time. I played some Tetris Effect. I played Astro Bot and I played Super Hot, Super Hot VR fucking rules. Um, I I had a good time with all those games, but uh, it is it's a it's a dalliance it's a it's a temporary thing it's a it's a once in a while thing um but it's not the way i want to play games dude we were talking we were talking about microsoft they announced yesterday that xbox cloud gaming they partnered with meta and xbox cloud gaming is coming to the meta quest well, uh, you know, also, Bobby, uh, Meta has legs now or is about to have legs. That your $1,500 Meta Pro. It's, God, it's so, it's so ridiculous watching Facebook flail around and try to throw as much money as they can at VR that looks like fucking garbage to get into a metaverse that is fucking stupid that nobody wants. Anyway, let's keep moving on. Um, E3's back, Bobby. Or we'll be back, I guess. In person. Yeah. Uh, so June, twenty twenty three. We'll be getting. We'll be getting E three. They took. Uh, what did they take? A couple of years off of that. Yeah. Uh, twenty nineteen was the last one. So a handful of years. Um, so they uh, run from June thirteenth to June sixteenth. The ESA and Read Pop. Read Pop. The people behind PAX. Uh, people behind Comic-Con these days. I know New York Comic-Con just happened. Um, I guess, full disclosure, friend of the show, Pierce Corshane works at ReadPop. Not that he tells us fucking shit about what yeah. goes on there. Um, but uh, I guess I guess we technically have a friend who's uh, got some, some skin in the game here. Uh, but they went out, they... Uh, I don't... Did they buy E3 exactly, or did they license it or partner with it? I'm not exactly sure I think how it's that... a partnership. Yeah. Uh, but Repop is now, you know, the the people who are who are going to uh, be running packs, which is probably are running E3, which is probably the right call. E3 has had some issues uh, in 2019 and earlier when it was coming out. Um, and, you know, Repop at the very least seem like they know what the fuck they're doing when you're making live events. 
Um, But it's coming back to the Los Angeles Convention Center, and there will be business days and gamer days. So on business days, that goes from June 13th to the 15th, and that is trying to kind of go back to what E3 used to be, which is a trade show. That's where you get your GameStop managers to go in and try games and see how many copies of things they want to buy. I'm, I'm sure actually the trade show part of it is, has evolved past that at this point. Uh, but but more more what E3 was. Hey, you got to have a, a reason to come into this thing. You can't just come in uh, and be a looky-loo. But then after that, there will be gamer days for June 15th and 16th. Uh, it's in a separate hall from the business side. And that's going to be more, I would imagine, more like a PAX, more like a, hey, this is absolutely a public facing show. We're here to show you some some games that are probably in uh, further, further along states than the vertical slice demos that you sometimes hear and see uh, hear about and see in in the kind of more business trade show focused stuff that E3 was before a lot of a lot more like closed door meetings that they talk about. Yeah, I'm really, um, really curious here. Yeah, I mean, E3 to me has, uh, we went from like, when, when E3 was something that you read about in the magazines, or or yeah. even when you had G4 at the show and was showing off stuff there, E3 felt much more like a big event of, what there's these are just where they t- announce all the games and and it's really cool to see like there's so many games and you just hear people talking about what they saw on the show floor and and then i think it's really transitioned to become more about the press conferences and for Agreed. time up up to now and and probably continuing on the press conferences are really what feels like e3 and then the actual show floor, well, that's just the stuff they announced or or probably stuff that's that's further along that we've already known about for a while. Um, the the cool stuff, the announcements, the the surprise, the the pageantry, that is all stuff that you get from the press conferences. And even those press conferences have gotten further and further away from E3 proper. You have Nintendo doing their own thing with Nintendo Direct. You 100%. have you have um, EA, who who was in a different hall. Um, you have Bethesda and Microsoft, who are kind of... Uh, Sony has started doing its own thing more recently uh, with State of Play. Um, it's, it's become less dependent on what E3 is. We just collectively call it E3. And then you have Jeff Keighley, who's doing his own thing, uh, which also, again, feels like, hey, what people want right now is just a big glitzy show that announces hot new games and big surprises and we don't need what e3 was uh maybe the business side still needs that for for whatever they do but um the the thing that i come to e3 for is are no longer what e3 really is or really needs to be and that's it's odd it, it's odd because e3 was such a big deal and now it's it's just kind of not. Hopefully, hopefully this works. Hopefully, they get this. They they find that audience that needs this, and hopefully, it can be a really cool show. But from what I need out of E three, I just don't feel like that's what this is anymore. Hey, time will tell. We'll be here to report as more happens. But it's fucking wild, as you called out, to see this happening. Almost as wild as this next story. 
Yeah, we're going to finish this as our final final uh, story for the night, and that is that CG, CD Projekt Red, uh, we, we talked about Cyberpunk earlier, um, they kind of, kind of out of nowhere, just like, oh yeah, here's like all the stuff we're going to be working on for the next, I don't know, bajillion years. Um, yeah. They, they announced a handful of things here. Um, a few things on the Witcher side. There is a game. Uh, is it a game or is it just a, uh, code name? I think it's just a code name. Uh, yeah. Syria. Um, that is being made not by CD Projekt Red, but by another team that's called Molasses Flood, which sounds gross, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, going to be something in the Witcher universe. In addition to that, there is also going to be a new Witcher trilogy by CD Projekt Red, which, uh, you know, I guess, I, I mean, I guess it's the Witcher. You can announce a new trilogy, but that just sounds like... Why would you announce that many games? Just tell us you're making one new Witcher game. What are you? What are you doing? I think uh, there. The other piece of this is like shortly after this information, the long-running CEO stepped down, mm. and I'm wondering if this is them kind of being like, "Hey, we've got all this shit either in active development or we are developing it." By the way, shareholders, our CEO. He's stepping down. You know, the guy that was overseeing when the whole cyberpunk debacle happened, he's no longer here. But cyberpunk's good again, so we're going to get this thing on the, on the, on the road. Um, so actually, uh, they, they had a, a big tweet thread that they, they put out. So we're going to – let me look through this a little. Or let me talk through this a little bit more. So Project Sirius, um, that is an innovative take on the Witcher universe, telling an unforgettable story for existing Witcher fans and new audiences – uh, it is currently in pre-production, like we said, developed by Molasses Flood, but supported by CD Projekt Red, and it says currently 60-plus involved. I'm guessing that's people. Um, and then we have Project Polaris, which is a story-driven open-world RPG built on the legacy of The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Uh, this is also in pre-production. This is being developed specifically by CD Projekt Red with a team of over 150 people. Uh, this is the beginning of a new Witcher trilogy, and all three games aimed are aimed to be delivered within a six-year period following the Polaris release. So, within when they when they finish this first one, within the next six years, the other two will show up. That sounds ambitious to me, um, big time. <laughs> based on what we know uh, about how Cyberpunk was developed, uh, and then there's one more Witcher thing here: Project Canis Majoris is a story-driven, single-player, open-world RPG set within the Witcher universe. I don't really know how that's different than the other <laughs> games that they were talking about, but this one is being contracted to be developed by a third-party studio led by ex-Witcher veterans. I also don't understand why you'd want to leave CD Projekt Red only to make a different Witcher game. Um, I would I would want to make something not a Witcher game if I was if I was them. But hey, you know what? That's okay. Whatever, whatever floats your boat. Uh, but that's not all. That's just The Witcher. There's more stuff. Let's talk about Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, specifically, Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty, which is the only one of these that looks like it's got... like This This is seems to be like the name of the thing. Uh, uh, was it, wasn't Orion? Like Cyberpunk Orion? I I think that's just a I think that's still a code name. I could be wrong, okay. but 
Grim Liberty actually has some some. Um, I, I think they designed a logo for this, so I think okay. that's a, a real thing in a way. Uh, so Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty is a major story-driven expansion to Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, yeah, it, that's a DLC. Sorry, that's, yeah, that's announced. That's DLC. So this is in its final production phase, developed by CD Projekt Red. Uh, currently 350 people involved in the development of Pro- that story. Project, Project Orion is 100% Cyberpunk 2. Yes, that that is that is what they're saying here. Project Ryan is a Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven sequel that will prove the full. <laughs> that, God, this is some fucking marketing bullshit here. That will prove the full power and potential of the Cyberpunk universe to be, right. de- be developed by CD Project Red team. It has no date. It doesn't even tell you whether it's in pre production or not. This thing seems, sounds really early. Um, and then. Is that was that all of the? Yeah, that's all the the cyberpunk stuff. Uh, and really, they, really, really quick. Both of those things you announced. UE five. Mm-hmm. They're moving away from their engine that they had problems with the cyberpunk, and they are moving uh, everything in the future to Unreal Engine five. And that's that's a big deal. That hopefully yeah. can help them make games faster. Uh, can help them get support. Uh, you have more developers if they bring on new people. They have to. Or they have less to uh, to onboard them with yep. a with new engine, uh, so that could be a big deal. We we shall see. Um, it also makes me a little bit sad that just you know, not that I'm some big fan of of their other engine, but when if everything becomes UE five or right. Unity, like those, if those are your two options, I I want I'd like more things, more sure. variety. In, in the options that you have there, I don't want. I don't. Not that. Not that every game made in UE five looks or feels the exact same, but there is certainly, uh, you know, nice. Nice to have more variety in the options with game engines and getting more people to try new, new different things. Um, and then lastly, CD Projekt Red expanding with a third IP that is codenamed right now Project Hader, Hadar, Hadar. H-A-D-A-R, which is a new standalone IP distinct from The Witcher and Cyberpunk 2077. It's developed 100% internally. Uh, It says IP incubation since late 2021, so they've been thinking about it for a little bit. And it's currently in the conceptual phase by a small strike team. Whoa. Like a strike team in this instance means, but, uh, you know, a small focus team, I suppose. Um, that's a lot of stuff. It's a, a it's a lot of stuff to announce in one thing, Bobby. I think you made a really great point there that uh, when you had some some news that doesn't necessarily look the best on the company with their CEO going away, maybe you can kind of bury that story if you announce all these new games that are well, on. I, the- dude, I remember when I was looking for Apple and Steve passed. All the news stories started to come out. It was like basically the ink was drying on his death certificate. It's just like, hey, Steve Jobs was point of contact for five more launches from Apple. So people are like, okay, well, we got five. Like at the time, they were gravitating towards that news. And here it's very much like fire on all cylinders. Tell everybody that not only are we losing a CEO who was ahead of this when we had the cyberpunk stuff, we've got new cyberpunk which by the way is super popular again people love the witcher we've got 
a decade plus of content that we're making buckle up yeah. we're good so we'll see yeah more recently, yeah, you know, I think about like when uh, Facebook was was under fire, and you got Zuckerberg going in front of Congress, and right uh, around the same time. Oh wait, hey guys, don't worry about that. We're called Meta now. We're we're announcing our new name, and everything's cool, isn't that neat? Uh, Facebook, what the fuck's that? Facebook, that that's a thing that you don't have to worry about anymore because we're Meta now. Um, there, there certainly is that kind of PR spin of changing oh, yeah. narrative, and and this does feel a little bit in that vein as well. Um, but there are people out there who love CD Projekt Red, CD Projekt Red's work. I know that you and Johnny are among those people. Yeah, uh, I didn't, I didn't quite jive with The Witcher Three, and uh, you know we all had our issues with Cyberpunk as we mentioned earlier uh, when it first came out. But uh, I mean, they're they've got the love of a bunch of fans, even despite the cyberpunk's problems. Um, lots of loyalty there, and there's there's certainly a Bethesda quality to these kinds of announcements. Of yeah, fuck it, we can just say we're making Elder Scrolls Six. Yeah. Everybody knows we are anyway. So what if we just said, yeah, obviously we're making another Witcher game. Obviously we're making another cyberpunk game, because um, that's what we do. I, I think. If anything, that that third, hey, we got a new IP that we're also in the works. Uh, you know, when you say it in this instance, it makes it a little bit more real, uh, even if we don't know what the fuck it is. And, and they probably don't even honestly know what the fuck it is at this point. But right. just the idea that, hey, somebody said it publicly, it, they are semi-responsible for it. People are going to be asking for years now. Hey, what's what's up right. with Project? What's Hater? going on there? Yeah, what's going on? So Got you know it. they they've put themselves in a position where they have to have responsibility for that stuff, uh, which means it's more real than it was yesterday or whenever they whenever the days before they made this announcement. Interesting stuff. Yes. Uh, Bob, I think that's it for the news. Uh, you know, not too many news stories, but I think some pretty impactful ones and for sure. And one- uh, make for some some big news for this week bobby take us home if you want to follow along with what we're talking about and you're watching this live we have everything linked in chat otherwise go to the show notes and you will find a link to all of the details coming up this week we had the bookend to our steam next fest showcase where chase and i played through demos on casual monday always a good time Go back, mm-hmm. check that out, wishlist some games, and see what's on the horizon for folks to check out. The day after that, on Tuesday, we had a quick look for Moonbreaker, a game that I am digging quite a bit. Tabletop, turn-based game with some really cool miniature painting. Go check out our quick look over on youtube.com slash casual hour. Tonight, Chase and I hung out, told you all about the games that we've been playing. Tomorrow, a game that Chase is very high on. Live Alive will be up on our YouTube page to check out for your enjoyment. And Friday night, come back and hang out with Chase and I as I hit the links to advance my career in PGA 2K23. And I will show off some of those new mechanics we called out in my segment earlier on alongside Chase. All that to be said, Chase, you've been busy too. What's going on with you? Yeah, um... So I've got Gamers on the Go, which is a handheld video game podcast. Um, There hasn't been a new episode for a while, but I've got one that is in the planning stages. Let's say say a small strike team is working on a new episode of Gamers on the Go, uh, hopefully sometime in November. 
and that'll be exciting. Uh, you can you can check out old episodes at gamersonthego.com. There's there's plenty of good stuff there, and the point of that podcast is to have relatively evergreen uh, episodes there. So if you if you want to check out something old, hopefully it still you know is relevant these days. Um, in addition to that, I have a YouTube channel, Chase K Plays. You can search for that on YouTube, or you know if you're watching live, you can just click it there where Bobby has it in the chat. Um, I'm playing through SteamWorld Heist. Which is a fantastic game from 2015, oh, yeah. I believe, and uh, that's that's been a lot of fun. I need to to get back on that, uh, record a new episode, hopefully sometime this weekend, and get that posted. And uh, yeah, that's that's kind of it at the moment. There's Fair. you know, hopefully I, I've got some other irons in the fire that I'm looking forward to talking about relatively soon, but. Uh, nothing to update you with at the moment. So that's me. Perfect, man. Uh, like I said, Johnny is out, not feeling great tonight. He'll be out uh, on Friday as well. So Chase is going to come hang out with me. But we will be live again on Friday night. And then uh, keep an eye out on our socials for updated schedules moving ahead. Uh, Chase, thanks for hanging out. It's been great. We will see you all Friday night right here on Twitch. Take care.